0: Today, it's, it's, uh, it's an honor. I have been serving the RCA as a general secretary for a year now. So it's about 14 months. So I'm just getting my feet wet, trying to understand how things work and doing more. You know, I'm a pastor. I'm a church planter myself. And having a conversation with Pastor Mike this morning, you know, I, I learned that I inherited his pulpit in California. He was a pastor, and then the classes decided to end the ministry, and I was a new guy coming to Fresno, California to plant a church. I didn't have a congregation, didn't have a building, didn't have a pulpit, didn't have shares. I just had my beautiful wife and my three kids in Fresno. We landed in Fresno, and we were there to, to plant a church. No facilities, no nothing. The classes just called me and said, Eddie, going to Fresno, and you're gonna, your, your job is to plant a church. So I learned that there was a, you know, a church building that they were selling and they had a lot of different things for the church. So I went, I rented a pickup truck and drove to Elk Grove, California and pick up a nice pulpit, nice tables, nice chairs. <laughs> and that's how we started our church. And Pastor Mike was the pastor of that congregation. So so we go back to California. So I'm, I'm glad to be here today. My beautiful wife, Daisy, is with me. Uh, we, have been, we have been married for 30 years. Three beautiful adult children and three beautiful grandkids. Grandchildren are awesome, right? Grandchildren are great. So I, I had the opportunity to go see them. They live in Canada. So the Lord has brought me to different areas. And my journey started in Nicaragua. I was born in Managua. Nicaragua is a country just between Honduras and Costa Rica. I don't know if you have ever been there. It's a beautiful tropical place, a a beautiful place. And I left there in the late, you know, mid-80s, back to Canada. And, uh, you know, Nicaragua is a tropical country. We we don't know snow. We don't know any of that. You know, winter is just a little rain. That's all the winter we have. Every day is in between the 90s and one ten. That's an everyday thing, summer and winter. So I landed in Canada in September. That was beautiful. September was awesome. You know, September 7th. You know, the 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 beauty. I said, this is this is a cooler place. I like it. You know, I don't need an air conditioning here in Managua. Was burning all day. Here is awesome. September. Then October, you know, the leaves were coming down from the trees. And I said, This looks beautiful. Everything looks orange. And the trees are for me. That was like, wow. This is like heaven. This is amazing. And then October, November, I remember November 25th, the first snowstorm coming to Toronto. November 20th, you know, after a little, well, in Canada, Thanksgiving is in October. But uh, that was Thanksgiving in in the U.S. in 1987, the first storm. And by January, I wanted to go back home, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So it was really cold. You know, really cold. But I, then I had to learn to enjoy the snow. You know, go snow sledding and all that with with my you know with my nieces and, and, and nephews because I, I moved in with my brother when I was 16 years old. So the Lord had brought me to, to those areas until He took me to to the U.S. in early 2000. You know, I came right before September 11. I, I remember crossing the border from Canada. Uh, the, the last week of August and I was in Greek class on that Tuesday morning you know of those attacks I was at Western theological Seminary in, in class and it was, it was, it was a, a really difficult day, so I continued to pray and, and graduated from western went to California 10, ten years in California, and the Lord brought me back to Michigan. Beautiful mission. Now I do my ministry out of the Grand Rapids office. I, I started serving as the coordinator for uh, Latino ministries. We have about 100 churches, uh, Spanish-speaking churches in the RCA. And I did that for five years until a year ago. Uh, the Lord called me to serve in this, in this position. Uh, so I bring greetings from the Reformed Church in America. Uh, I, I want to thank you. Uh, because you have been involved in supporting some more missionaries. So we have been involved in global mission for over 300 years, and Midland Reformed Church has been involved in helping us to, to reach people for Jesus in many, many communities, especially specifically in Africa. So so the, the Reformed Church in America right now is going through some difficult times as Perhaps some of you know. I, I just uh, want to ask you to pray for the RCA. You know, difficult conversations that we're having as a as a family. You know, every every family sometimes has difficult conversations, and we we are we're going through some difficult challenges in the Reformed Church in America, having conversations, and and I ask you for your prayers. So I'm I'm calling the church, I'm calling our classes, our regional synod leaders, and all of our leaders to have. You know, conversation as adult Christians who love Jesus and love the church and love our communities. So that's that's my hope for the conversation that we're having uh, right now in the Reformed Church in America. So I, I ask you to continue to pray for the RCA, for the leaders, pray for me. Uh, you know, last um, uh, May I started having Bell's palsy. You, you can see my face is not right what I want it to be. So my, my smile right now is just a half a smile uh, because I'm facing that reality. I, I went to my doctor. He did a lot of different tests uh, because this is the second time that it happened to me. So so he did some brain uh, MRI, blood work and all that to, to really see what was going on you know, with that because this is the second time. First time was on my right side. Now it's on my left side. <laughs> So I, I just said Lord the Lord wanted to even me up a little bit, you know? So so I, I that, that's how I see it. Uh but uh yeah, things are good. He called me, he said, Eddie, hey, things are great. And then he said, Well, what do you do for a living? I said, Well, I I'm a pastor. And I I lead a denomination right now. Okay, now I get it. So he said, Just take it easy. Don't worry too much about anything. And I said, Okay, doctor, I'm I'm gonna try. So, so, but I'm getting better now. I I was so excited that I was moving my cheek a little bit. You know, my left cheek is like when you're paralyzed and you start moving a finger. Wow, this is like like a miracle. So I was so excited to see that a couple of days ago. So I'm I'm guessing that in maybe a couple more weeks, I I will be I'll be perfect. I I'll be I'll be great. So thank you. Pastor Mike for inviting me to share God's word today. And and I want to share with you, you know, a passage that I have been sharing with with a lot of our churches and a lot of our congregations. And, you know, my wife said, Eddie, I have heard that sermon a thousand times. And I said, well, I'm glad that I am not preaching in the same pulpit every Sunday. So (laughs) this is a message that I want to share with all of our churches. So so thank you for for allowing me to do that today here at Midland Reformed Church. You know, this is this is really close to my heart and this is really close to my you know to, to my prayers right now, you know, because becoming general secretary of the Reformed Church in America in the history of our denomination, it is a difficult thing. But it's a response, you know, it's, it's my response to God's calling in my life. You know, I, I, I said, Lord, are you taking me to a local church? I'm a pastor. I love, you know, to be with congregations. I love to, you know, to to, to, to disciple people. I love to baptize children and those who believe. I love to marry, you know, those couples who love. And I like to do that as a, in a local congregation. I I love to bless, you know, I love to cry with people and laugh with people in their joyous days and also in the most difficult days of their life I like to do that Lord and and I was saying Lord maybe you're calling me to do that and maybe I was saying Lord maybe you're calling me to South Florida I think you're calling me to Miami to do ministry to do ministry there but the Lord said no I have a different calling for you. And it's uh, to, to, be, to do more administrative work and more vision-casting work for the Reformed Church in America. And I was saying, Lord, you know, I, I, am I that person to do that? You know, I'm, I'm Latino. I was born in Nicaragua. You know, my first language is Spanish. You know, and the history of the RCA is mostly, you know, it's a, it's a Dutch denomination. You know, a lot of Dutch friends. I, I, I don't know if I am the person to do that. But the Lord called me, and here I am. Responding to that calling. So, so today I want to share with you a passage that is really close to my heart, in, in a calling that I'm making to the Reformed Church in America. Uh, it's, it's a simple one verse passage that I want to share with you. So, this morning, uh, God's, uh, the, the 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 you know the reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter one. Uh, book of Acts, chapter one. And this is this is the second volume of Luke's gospel. So Luke's gospel, we we'll say, is volume one of his work, and the book of Acts is volume two of of his work. So so the the gospel of Luke is the story. It's a story of Jesus. You know, the the story of of the incarnation of God coming to live with us. It's a story of the birth of the Son of God to who came to this world to respond to the, to the greatest needs of humanity. It's how God responded to the greatest needs of humanity. So it's the story of Jesus. And the book of Acts is the story of the church. It's the story of the, of the anointing of the Holy Spirit to the church to be you know, the, the messengers of God to the world. So so I, I want to read from the book of Acts uh, this morning, from chapter 1, verse 8. H- hear the word of the Lord. But, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, thank you. Thank you for, for giving us this beautiful opportunity to worship you today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be at Midland Reformed Church here with my wife and, and with my friend Dan and his wife, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for giving us this, this uh, wonderful opportunity to gather in this place to worship you, Lord, to sing songs and to pray and to hear your word. Now, Lord, your people is here. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. Be with us as we, as we process, Lord, this beautiful passage. And what it means for us today, Lord. And what's, what is it that you're calling us to do? Make that clear, Lord. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so, so the, the, I have been serving the RCA for 14 months now, and, and I have been having, you know, I had had the opportunity to be in many different classes, meetings, regional synod meetings, and, and local congregations that, like, like this, like Midland Reformed Church. And, and, and you know, I, I've been praying about, you know, you know what it means to, 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 to do ministry in North America in the 21st century. I believe that that has to be our calling. How do we how do we become congregations, you know, where people that are walking, you know, that are living in different walks of life can find a place to connect, a place to 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 renew their lives, a a place to reconnect with God. And and, and I've been praying about that. How can we, you know, a 391-year-old denomination? We are 391 years old. So our first congregation was started in 1628. That's a long time. That's, those, are a, those are a lot of years. I have been in churches that are celebrating 350 years. It was, it was like, what? This congregation has been in this place for 350 years. That's a lot of years. So, so in all of those years, you know, we have been faithful followers of Jesus. We have been faithful in, in the proclamation of the gospel in their communities, and not only in our communities, but, but, but globally. You know, you know, the Reformed Church in America has been doing global mission for almost 350 years. I had the opportunity to be, you know, this early this year in in Bahrain, uh, the, in the Middle East, and also in India. And, and let me tell you, it is amazing to see the footprints. Of the gospel, you know, the proclamation of the gospel that the Reformed Church in America has led in those places. And it is, you know, compared to, to our reality that as a small denomination, because we are a small denomination, compared to other big denominations in North America, we are a small denomination, but but our global mission footprint is amazing. I was I was blown away because I I had no idea of that as a local pastor, you know, as a church planter. Of Hispanic churches in California, I had no idea of the of the of the footprints that we had globally. But now we're trying to 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 understand what it means to be involved in mission for the 21st century. You know, things are changing. You know, the our country. You know, the North America is changing. So so many many things are changing, and how do we continue to connect to to, to do ministry? you know, in in North America. And I say, you know, we need, I believe that we need a new anointing of the Holy Spirit. We, we need a new, a new connection with the Spirit of the Lord to help us navigate these difficult changes because we are navigating in difficult waters right now. And we just need a new anointing, a new connection with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is often the forgotten member of the Trinity. You know, we know, Christians know about God. We study about Jesus, but not so much about the Spirit. Especially in, you know, in, in, in our circles, we need to do a better job in connecting more with the Holy Spirit. And, and And sadly, some people even choose to reject, you know, the presence and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But for Jesus... For Jesus it was crucial that his people, in order to be his witnesses to the world, they needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And you know, the, the, the passage that we read this morning said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So so the power that we need to be to continue to be the witnesses of Jesus. Into the world is only coming to us through the anointing of the Holy Spirit what follows that commandment of Jesus you know in the second chapter of the book of Acts you see the coming the final coming of the Holy Spirit and then you see the church exploding you know proclaiming the gospel in many 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 places you see in 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 in, in Luke in, in the gospel of Luke you see you see Jesus that you, you see Jesus proclaiming you know, the, the gospel and sharing the message of God to the world. And then in the book of Acts, you see the anointing of the Holy Spirit in, his, in Jesus' disciples. So that they can continue to proclaim the good news to the world. So Jesus said to his disciples, stay here. Stay here. Do not go anywhere. You know, this is the resurrected Jesus. Jesus. You know, after the death of Jesus, many of his disciples went back to do the same things that they were doing before. Why? Because what happened with Jesus? What happened with our Lord? What happened with the Son of God who came to the world? He was crucified. He's dead. What are we do now? What are we doing now? You remember Peter went back fishing. You remember when the resurrected Jesus came and found Peter? You, you read that in the Gospel of John. And they didn't never caught any anything. And they were fishing all night. And Jesus said, Why don't you why, why don't you throw you know your net that in that in that corner there? Well, but Lord, we we have been fishing all night and we haven't caught anything. He said, Just just throw it there. And then all the fish, you know, from that lake went to that place. Because that was the resurrected Jesus talking. And Peter. You know, rather than being with, you know, praying and seeking the the presence of God, he went back to do what he was doing before. Why? You know, because when we don't have the presence of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit with us, you know, we lose sight. You know, we lose directions and we go in a lot of different places. But Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, gathered with his disciples in Jerusalem. And he says, stay here. You know, the book of Acts says that about 500 of them were gathered in that place. About 500 people gathered in that place. And Jesus said, stay here because in a few days you will be anointed with the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, then when you're anointed, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you will be my witnesses. And and you see, Jesus' idea was that they were not only... We're going to reach, you know, those in Jerusalem. But Jesus starts speaking, saying, you know, you, you will be my witnesses here locally. And then you will be my witnesses, you know, in Judea, in, in Samaria, and then in Judea, and then to the ends of the earth. So, so the, 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 the purpose of Jesus, the purpose of the proclamation of Jesus to the world, the message of Jesus of the gospel to the world is not only to Jerusalem, but to the whole world. But in order for them to do that, they needed to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. It is amazing to me when I read the story of the, of the book of Acts to see that these 500 people that were gathered in that place, you know, they wanted things right now. And that's, sometimes that's how we are, right? We want things right now. We want to see the promises of God to be right here and now. And sometimes, you know, we have problems in waiting. Do you you relate with that? I relate with that. Sometimes I have to be reminded all the time that I need to wait. So is waiting easy? No, waiting is not easy. Waiting is difficult. But, you know, in the waiting, in the waiting time is, is, is where God is forming us, where God starts forming us. And God's continue to shape us when we are waiting. So 500 people says, "Look, in chapter one, we're meeting in that place." But that number started shrinking. You know, from five 500 to 450, 425, 368, 218. You know, 147, 130. And finally, in chapter 2, you read that only 120 people were in that place. So that's about 25% of the people that were initially gathered in that place finally received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But, But you know what happened when those people were anointed with the Holy Spirit? They started proclaiming and sharing the gospel in so many, so many places so many places and and they and and you can see the story of the of the book of acts how how they how it started you know the, the the god was making a lot of miracles through the work of the disciples and then and then you see the the, the holy spirit moving you know taking them out of prison in a miraculous ways and they were started responding to prayers and the work of god you know the work of the proclamation of god started spreading to the world the book of the Church of Antioch. And If you continue to read in chapter 13, you see the Church of Antioch, you know, training leaders and sending them out. They were the, the, the church that sent Paul and Barnabas to the ministry, to the many, many different places. And you read it. You now you read the story of the New Testament. You know, the story, the story of the New Testament is the story of, the, of Jesus, the, the proclamation of the gospel and and also the the anointing of the spirit to the church so i read all of that and i said lord we need a new anointing of the holy spirit we need a new connection of the holy spirit with the reformed church in america as a denomination and with all of our classes we have about 49 Fifty classes in the Reformed Church in America that gather a number of churches. Some classes are small, some classes are large. And then we have congregations, local congregations. And I and I say, Lord, we need a new anointing of the Holy Spirit in our local level, in our classes level, in our denominational level, so that we can focus on the proclamation of the gospel rather than focusing on those things that divide us. You know, division. I believe is the work of the devil. You know, the vision is the work of the Satan. So the churches do not focus on the gospel, but rather focus on their own agendas. And and for me, you know, I'm calling the the Reformed Church right now to say, you know, let us focus on those things that are really important. Let us focus on hearing one more time, you know, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let us hear one more time the voice of God, and let us hear one more time what we need to follow you. So, living in the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that we need to live one more time. We need to learn to live one more time in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the question for us today is, how do we do that? Right? That's an important question. You know, these were people that lived 2,000 years ago, more than 2,000 years ago. And these are beautiful stories. The story of the Bible is a beautiful story. And the, the story you know, of the book of Acts is a, an amazing story. How do we go back to that? How we renew that connection with God, with the Holy Spirit, so that we can, we can be faithful disciples and followers of Jesus in this broken world. You just need to... Read the newspaper, you know, watch the news to see how the world is broken today. I don't need to tell you, just you just need to do that. Hear the news, how the world is broken, how the world needs one more time. Those anointed disciples, those anointed disciples with the Holy Spirit. How do we get back to that again? And, and I believe that's an important question that we need to. Ask, and we we need to ask. So I can, I'm going to give you three, you know, uh, 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 simple ways how to do that. Uh, and these are not the only ones, I'm sure, but at least these these are some ideas that will help us will help us that get that connection. Again, uh, number one. Number one, we need to pray more. Amen. We need to pray more. So we need you know as I said uh, in my in my role as as general secretary of the Reformed Church in America I don't think we need a season of prayer in the Reformed Church in America we need to be what we need is to become a a de, a, a, a denomination that prays we need a we don't need a season of prayer we need to become praying people that's what we need so so the first thing I did when I You know, the first hire I did as a a general secretary of the Reformed Church in America, I hired a coordinator for prayer mobilization. That's what we need because we need a new connection with God. Jesus gathered his disciples in the book of Acts. And he said, before, before you engage, In the proclamation of the gospel to this community. Before you engage in the proclamation of the gospel to Samaria and to Judea and to the ends of the earth. Before you do that, you stay here and pray. That's what you need to do. So the disciples, you know, went back to do a lot of different things. And Jesus said, no, leave that and come here. Gather in this place and pray. You know, prayer is so important for us. That's why James, the, the the book of James says, "Come near to God, and He will come near to you. Come near to God, and He will come near to you." James chapter four, verse eight. Come near to God, and He will come near to you. So, if we want to see God close to us, we need to pray more. So, Jim was uh, Jim Harrison became our coordinator for prayer mobilization. He has been in the in the mission. In, in, in the mission field for more than 25 years, and he said, God is calling me back to the, the RCA, back to Michigan, and he joined us, and I'm so happy that he is, he's starting to get things together for the, for the denomination, because we, again, we don't need a season of prayer. We need to become a denomination that prays. That's what we need to become. Our churches, you know, need to have those prayer ministries that are strong, that are strong. I was impressed to be in a, in a Korean church the other day, and those people know how to pray. They pray every single day at 5 a.m. And I said, uh, "Who comes to, to to the prayer gatherings at 5 a.m. from Monday to Monday?" He said, "Well, about 300 people." Wow! I said, "I need to I need to learn how to pray like that because." Honestly, you know, if we want to see the presence of God in our lives, we need to be more like Jesus. You know, just read the Gospels, the four Gospels. The four Gospels talks about Jesus praying, praying, praying all the time. Where is Jesus? Sometimes he disappeared from his disciples. Where is the Lord? We haven't seen him. He's been missing for three, four hours. Where is the Lord? So Jesus was praying. So he enjoyed to spend time with the Father. You know what happened when we pray? When we, when we pray, we hear the voice of God. We hear God's voice. If we don't practice prayer, we start hearing other voices. And it's important for us. What, what, what voice are we, are we hearing today? What voice are we hearing? What, what voice are we listening to? In the Reformed Church in America, again, I said, we need to go back and hear the voice of God. The voice of God is important. So prayer is important. So the second piece, the second practical way to go back to living again in the power of the Holy Spirit has to do with humility. Again, James says, God opposes the proud, but shows his favor to the humble, humble with yourselves before the lord and he will lift you up and i said lord we need to be lifted up we need our churches our classes our denomination to be lifted up to you lord so we need to learn how to be humble you know how to be humble before the lord we need to be empty of ourselves so that the lord may fill us with his presence sometimes we are too full of ourselves For many different reasons, you know, might not not be financially, but educational reasons, you know, many, many reasons, you know, for many reasons, sometimes we are too full of ourselves. And, And, you know, Jesus had a lot of trouble when you read the Gospels with religious leaders. You remember that? Pharisees, Sadducees and all of those religious leaders, teachers of the law. And Jesus had a lot of trouble with them. You know why? Because they always, they were full of themselves. You know, and Jesus had a lot of trouble with that. They were more concerned with themselves than when serving the community. They were more concerned with their own ideas, their own dresses, and their own ways of doing things than taking care of the poor, being being the presence of God to those communities. So humility, humility is important. So I'm calling the Reformed Church in America to start Living like Jesus. Jesus was humble. And he was humble even to go to the cross. Finally. Finally. Humility, prayer, humility. And finally, obedience is important. So, obedience. How do we obey? You know, obedience to God's calling to our lives. And, and you know as as humans and this is you know this is this is a human reality because of our of falling nature because of our sinful nature we have problem with obedience so we have to be really intentional you know when we're when to, to be obedient to be obedient to the calling of God obedience is like a key that opens the gates of heaven for God's blessing to come upon us. And He wants us to be to obey. He wants us to be close to Him. He wants us to, to, to really to, to be in obedience. If you see when Jesus sent His disciples, He said, Go and make disciples of all nations, of people from every ethnicity. Go to the world and make disciples. And then He said, Those who believe, baptize them in the name of the Father. In the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, teaching them to obey all things that I have commanded you. And I will be with you forever to the ends of the age. That's, that's what the gospel says. So not only, not only discipling people and baptizing them, but also teaching them to obey. Obedience. and Obedience to What? You know, obedient to what he's asking us to do. You know, to to bless people, to don't judge people, to don't criticize people, and to be with people, and to love them, and to share them the way of God, and to guide them in this difficult world. Because, my friends, this is a difficult world. This is a complicated world, and that's that's, that's, that's that's a reality. This is a complicated world. You know, when I, when I left uh, Nicaragua, I, I remember the Civil War. And I was asking, why is this, is this happening here? You know, 1978, 1979, I was an eight year old boy in 1979. So you know how, m- more or less, what is my age. And I remember, you know, the Civil War, what happened in, in Managua. And I remember my mom taking us to a place of refuge, you know, and I remember seeing people dead along the road. And I was an eight-year-old boy, and my mom used to say, Eddie, just focus, Keep, keep moving. And that's why, you know, the 80s were so complicated in Central America. It was so hard. This is a difficult world, my friends. It's a complicated world. And, and I can imagine, you know, I, I couldn't imagine why would people do that with their own people, you know, why, why do they do that? This is a complicated and difficult world, and this is a and, and you, you have seen, you know, the mass shootings that have been happening in the U.S. in this year alone. It is so complicated, you know. People are, you know, going through really tough times. Difficult times in their own life. And then they take all of that, you know, that is going on in their in their hearts and, you know, take it out and, and do a lot of different things. But Jesus said, obedience is important. Obedience. So let's focus on that. Let's focus. Let's remember, you know, what God is calling us to do. To love God and to love one another. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you.